This is Janine, and you're listening to WCBG. WCBG is broadcasted from Wagner College in Staten Island, New York. Today's interview is with Trip from the band Summer Wars. Please stay tuned for an awesome interview. Hello. Hey, it's Trip from Summer Wars. Hi, it's Janine. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Taking the time out of your day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. I'm basically free all day, so it worked out really nicely. Oh, amazing. Do you mind awesome. introducing yourself for me and telling me a fun fact about you? Okay, Um. well, I am Tripp. I play guitar and sing in Summer Wars. Interesting fact, um... I don't know if it's interesting, but it's a fact, I guess. I uh, I play a lot of video games in my spare time. That's what I was doing this morning. Um, that, that's kind of when I'm not, you know, writing music or playing with the other guys or focusing on music in general. That's basically the other thing I'll be doing in my spare time. <laughs> What's your favorite video game? Um, right now... I'm going back and playing uh, this game called Uncharted. There's Uncharted 4, actually. It's on PS4. One of my favorite series, I would say. That and probably Resident Evil. But PC or console? Oh, um, yeah, mainly console. I, Got it. I don't have anything against PC gaming. I think I just like the simplicity of console gaming. Like, you can kind of just, like, turn it on and play. You don't have to worry about, like, PC drivers or different... I, I'm probably making it more complicated than it needs to be, but I, I just kind of like the, the the simplicity of it. But yeah. Nice. So um, my next question for you is: If you could be any utensil in the kitchen, what would you be and why? Ooh, utensil in the kitchen. I guess. I. I guess a knife. I don't know. I, I think that probably gets the most use in a kitchen you don't want to be left out maybe i guess that's my reasoning right, okay. <laughs> i feel like like a knife is probably more used I'll, I'll go with that okay awesome what are you currently listening to um let's see oh man i i'm i'm a little late on it because everyone was telling me to listen to this band and it's a little different than what i normally listen to but um i've been listening to uh, a band called the band camino mm-hmm. uh and they've, they've been kind of blown up recently, but they're just really good pop rock, like, uh, a little different than us. Like, we're obviously a little bit more in the kind of just straight-up pop-punk type genre, but um, I don't know what it is about it. It's just produced so well. It's it's every song deserves to be on. It's like an eight-song EP, so it's kind of long for an EP, but every song deserves to be on that album. It's such Every song could be a single, too, so it's such a good album, but yeah. Do you mind if I ask what you normally listen to? Uh, obviously, like a lot of pop punk. Like, um, uh, I've been listening to the latest uh, story so far and Dangerous Summer, uh, full length a lot. Um, but yeah, mainly pop punk for sure. <laughs> no, I definitely. I, I like to branch out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard. You gotta like remind yourself there's other stuff out there. I, I like sometimes I'll, I'll just straight up listen to regular pop music like Carly Rae Jepsen or like some random stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, it, it's mainly a lot of pop punk for me, for or, you know, for sure. But. 
100% get it. Like, I try to listen to the radio to stay current, even though, like, I'm really bad at it. But I feel like everything on the radio recently has kind of been, like, stagnant. Like, there's not a lot of um, pitch yeah. changes. Yeah, it's... I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's... You're, you're right. I mean, like, there's plenty of good, catchy stuff on the radio. But, yeah, if you're going there to find new innovative stuff it's not necessarily the best place for that but um you know it has its its place but. um my next question for you is uh if you were going on a road trip what are three songs that must be in your playlist Oof, three songs um probably the first one because it's i love this band um uh, probably the adventure by angels and airwaves um, it's just such a good, any, you could just put on Angels in Their Waves, you know, full length and listen to them all the way through on Road Trip. And I think you, it would be awesome. But that song for sure, um, what have I been listening to recently? Um, probably something by the starting line. I love the starting line. All their music is awesome. And probably also something a little more easy listening. Like, I don't know, like, um, Honestly, I think that band Camino, I know I keep going back to that, but that, that any song off that would probably be good road trip music. Just something, anything that's like carefree on a road trip where you can just kind of turn your brain off and enjoy driving and riding around is, is something that would be good for that. But. You're from North Carolina, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Broadly, okay. yeah. Can you tell me a little bit what like the music scene's like there and just like kind of growing up there, what it's like? Yeah, I didn't really necessarily grow up in Raleigh, but I've, I grew up in North Carolina. The Raleigh music scene in North Carolina kind of punk scene in general was kind of interesting because when I was like a teenager, I played in a few bands and it was kind of thriving a little bit. And then I would say for a few years there, it had definitely died off. But like, that was kind of funny because the one of the things when I was talking to the guys about starting this band was like, I didn't want to just start a band. Like I kind of wanted to start a band and help the music scene in general, not just like think of it as a, Oh, let's just start a band because we want to play music. Like I, I wanted to, to really <clears throat> try to bring back, uh, people thinking of Raleigh or North Carolina as a music scene for pop punk or punk music. So in the last like. I'm not, not saying it's all us or anything like that. There's tons of great bands that are have been popping up in recent years, but like in the last three or four years, I think Raleigh has definitely um, got, it's gotten a little bigger. There's a few different bands in the area that are starting to get some like, you know, somewhat nationally recognized. So that's, that's awesome to see. But... Amazing. I always ask this question because I vicariously live through everybody else. Um, I said I'm born and raised Staten Island. We don't really have a local music scene, which is kind of upsetting. But it, yeah, it, growing up here, you like you would think music would be this huge thing. Like I don't know if you saw my email. School of Rock was filmed at my school, so you would think music would be bigger than it is, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah, for some reason, I would have figured just Staten Island, you know, being New York City or like around that area, like it would probably have more of one but that's that's interesting that you say that like because it's kind of the same way here like chicago for pop punk or la for pop punk are these huge cities like like people that grew up there you almost never had to to worry about 
finding a show to go to or you know what I mean like every weekend I'm sure there's some awesome band playing but like yeah it, around here it wasn't really like that it was like maybe a national tour was coming through once a month or something like that and people weren't really going to local shows so but I also think for better or for worse like the emo nights that have been popping up around yes um like there's different local ones and you know the bigger ones and stuff but uh we actually just played one two nights ago and like a lot i think i've i've seen people say negative things about emo nights like oh no one wants to go to shows but i think at least in our city those have kind of reinvigorated other shows too it's it's kind of helped people just get into like maybe people who were lapped out of that genre like kind of come back and give newer bands a chance i think it's a good thing but yeah we have emo night brooklyn um, I know a lot of people like really get excited about it and always want to go when that comes comes around. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of sometimes feel like New York's is kind of like stopover city. Like, you're coming here, but, like, you're not really starting here. Yeah, yeah, that's just, a good yeah. point, yeah. When we come through New York, it's not Staten Island, but uh, we play Amityville Music Hall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been there, but, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty small little place, but, but it's a cool venue uh, my next question for you is what is your favorite venue that you've played in favorite venue um honestly one of the coolest places you've ever played it's uh, in richmond called the canal club um it's they have multiple different levels and different rooms but uh obviously we're playing like the smaller room but it's it's still the staff i think it's it's a really cool venue, but it's mainly the staff there. Like, they're super, super nice, because that can make all the difference when you know you're traveling super far, and sometimes you show up to these venues, and, like, like sometimes, like the sound guy's kind of a dick sometimes, or, like, rude unnecessarily, and you don't really know wh- what the vibe is, is, you know, when you get there. So when you get there, and then the people are super nice and accommodating and, and just want to help the show go smoothly, that's the biggest thing. But, uh, and just every time we've gone there, like, we there's been catering and awesome stuff and we're not necessarily the, the biggest band so when we come through and we're like headlining a show or whatever uh for them to still kind of do that for us is, is really awesome but um and just the sound there that can make a huge difference too and, and like the actual sound quality and everything the sound guy knows what they're doing so it's it's that that's probably my favorite venue at least nice. what's your favorite state that you've been to favorite Um, I think I, I actually really like, um, Washington and Seattle. We, we played there on our last tour back in like October, November, we played with a, a band called Calling All Captains mm-hmm. and, uh, we actually had a day off before the show. So we got two days basically in Seattle to just kind of walk around and hang out and see different stuff. So it was, it's. I think I just like it because at least in terms of the U.S., the Pacific Northwest is so different than than where we're from. Like it, it has such a different vibe, and it's it, it was fun to to be able to spend a couple of days there because most of the time when we're playing these shows, we sometimes we get to the city right at load in. We load in, play the show, have to load out, and then we're like driving through the night again. So we don't even really get to see a lot of the places that we play. Um, so. It was cool to have a day off and really explore. That was kind of our one of our last areas that we got over to. Being from the East Coast, it was always so easy to just oh let's do, let's tour the East Coast again. We'll do like a little two week run, but 
we finally got to go over to the West Coast and, and like, Western Canada and stuff, too, so that was cool. Nice. My roommate's actually from California, so she always tells me about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. She yeah, where, where at in California? Sacramento. Okay, cool. Yeah, we've played around, in and around there. My next question for you is, um, what is your opinion of streaming services like Spotify? Hmm. The, the, I've been thinking a lot about this, actually. I I think streaming in general, it was like kind of an answer to, to people pirating music. I mean, obviously, everything was going towards streaming anyways. But like, to me, Spotify and Apple Music are an answer to basically we, we have to stop people from stealing music. So we have to make a service that's going to be literally more convenient than stealing. <laughs> and like if you're charging, you, there's a free version obviously, and you can pay the $10 a month, but like it's more convenient than that. So I, obviously you hear all the horror stories about like them not paying bands very well. And, and I can, you know, verify that that's not, or that that is true. They don't really, I think you have to stream your songs have to get streamed some insane amount of numbers to really be able to live off Spotify sales or whatever. But, um, but basically it, I have like a love hate relationship with it. Like, I, I think it's good in the sense that like people are paying for music now because for a long time, you know, mid 2000s, early 2000s, a lot of people weren't really doing that. But, um, it, so my, my reasoning is kind of something better than nothing. And I think Spotify the playlists and stuff have done a lot for discoverability for bands, especially of our size. Like if, if it wasn't for those playlists and the support that they've given us, um, there are different Spotify editors. Like I don't really know where the band would be. Like that's how a lot of our music has, like when we go to cities we've never played in and people already know the words, it's, it's basically because of Spotify. Like we get told that all the time, like, Oh, we saw you on this playlist or whatever. So it's, we're super grateful for that. But, um, I do wish there was a little bit more of a solid income from it, you know, but mm -hmm. I, it's hard to complain when it helps us so much. But. No, I agree. Uh, Spotify is definitely great for accessibility. I love my Discover yeah. Weekly playlists. They're always fantastic. I like the Daily Mix. Find some of my favorite bands through that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I can do that, but yeah. I love how it kind of increases connectivity, like, you guys are in North Carolina. I'm in New York. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be doing this interview. If you, right. you know, it's all awesome. It's crazy. Um, yeah. My next question for you is, what is one thing you would change about the music industry as it is today? That kind of leads nicely from the last question hey, about, you know, the Spotify and streaming and how much you can make from that and stuff. But it... And not like I got into music to, to be rich and famous or whatever. Like I, I'm, I'm speaking more, more from just like even having enough of an income to, you know, not work another job or anything like that. But, but basically, I, I don't know. I, I think that basically nowadays you bands our size or, you know, a little bigger, you have to constantly be on the road. That, that is where, you were making your money and I, and I love touring but I guess if I could change anything like it, it would probably be having more of seemingly an even split between actually making income off the music that you're selling 
with touring, you know, like I think that's how it more it more it used to be like that more in the '90s and you know previously in the music industry, which is fine. But I think that would be what I would change if you know he could magically fix that. But but I mean, I I, I love playing music and it's I, I I don't really complain too much about kind of stuff. But, but you mentioned touring. What's the craziest craziest thing that's ever happened on tour? Ah, uh, craziest thing. I think we're pretty tame okay. for the most part. <laughs> I, I like, but um, I because there, there's this meme that I always see online about like, oh, oh, tell us how how much fun you had touring, or like, what do you see on tour? And it's like this four pictures of like a, a travel center, a McDonald's, an empty field, and that's kind of how it feels when people ask that question. Like, it's almost like a lot of people think that like touring is like crazy nonstop fun, but a lot of it is like those really boring moments of just like seeing nothing but mcdonald's and like travel centers and stuff but i mean there's been plenty of fun times too like okay i did just remember one we on an off day we weren't even playing there but uh we got to explore new orleans and bourbon street like that you know long stretch of road where like all the bars are and stuff and it was it's it's such an awesome music city too because there's just bands playing and every single bar like everyone's having fun like the bars don't close till four in the morning so it's basically all four of us and some other friends that we uh, knew in new orleans and um it was just us probably drinking way too much and hanging out till four in the morning and then having to be like in a completely different city the next day so that that's one of my probably fondest memories of hanging out with the guys and, and stuff like that that's sweet so um my next question for you is um what's the weirdest or funniest question you've ever been asked before in an interview hmm weirdest question oh, weirdest question I've ever been asked. um well the question itself i guess wasn't super weird but i've someone asked what's the weirdest thing that people have asked us to sign and to me it's always funny when like people want me to sign expensive things they've bought like i've signed uh like ipods or iphones and like expensive electronics and stuff so that's always weird to me like i, I i'm glad that you like the music and stuff but i just feel like like I, i'm just like i hope they don't regret that in like two years when they look down at their their iphone and then there's a signature on it so I don't know. I think that's that's not so much the question, but the answer to that question is probably the, the funniest thing. But do you have a question we ask that um, the purpose of it is to try to bring awareness to this topic? Um, what is your opinion of releasing an artist's unreleased music after they've passed away? Should it be released or should it not? Hmm. Unreleased music, like after they've already passed. Um. I, I, that's a hard one. It's like, I know personally, if I, you know, something happened to me and I, and I had like an album that was, you know, 90% finished and, you know, my producer or my other bandmates like knew where I wanted to go with it or whatever. And I, I think I would want the world to, to hear that, you know, I, but I think it can kind of get nefarious when like, you know, people start trying to dig up, these, like these demos that 
probably should never see the light of day or weren't finished or like just to kind of make some money off someone's name, you know, it's kind of, but I, but like I said, the, the other instance, you know, like when it's, when whoever's releasing its heart is in the right place, like I, I think that's fine, but no it does this question kind of came about because our PR director listened to the Little Peep song and she was like it doesn't sound fully finished like it doesn't sound right so we like to ask this because like I'm obviously only on the receiving end of music I just kind of listen to what's been put out and obviously like I want to hear more of what an, an artist I love does but at the same time like would the artist have been happy with what was actually released yeah no I, I totally agree like what like I guess you said the the demos didn't really sound finished or like they didn't really sound like him I guess is what you're saying yeah 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 I think that that can get a little weird I I don't know the specifics of that situation but yeah I guess that's kind of what I'm talking about you never really know mm -hmm. what the motivations are with that but <clears throat> so uh you mentioned earlier you play guitar um how did you pick that instrument specifically um, that's a good question, actually, because I, every single band before Summer Wars, I played drums in. I, um, <clears throat> I started playing drums when I was really young. My dad played drums and kind of helped me, and then I also took lessons for a few years as well. But, um, growing up, like, when I was a teenager, you know, in the early 20s and stuff, I, I played drums mainly, and I'd always written songs on my acoustic guitar. I didn't really pick up guitar until, uh, high school, but... So that was always a little later, and I, I knew I wanted to write songs, but I was, like, never great at guitar, and it took me a while to kind of get in get in that mindset. So um, it, over the years, I had written these songs, and I was like, I, I want to start a brand-new band, sing, play guitar, kind of be able to, to mold the vision for the band a little more strong than I could when I was just strictly a drummer. And we were in, I was in more of these kind of democratic bands where everyone had an equal vote. And that, and some wars is still somewhat like that, but it's more, at least on the songwriting side, I kind of come with a more complete vision somewhat. Uh, and then we kind of all just bring it together. But um, yeah, so that was kind of, I was like, I, I want to be able to write songs. I, I, I never wanted to like shred on guitar or whatever. Like I, I still can't. I, I kind of use guitar as just a, the tool for songwriting mainly like i like i, I love guitar but it, it's mainly just to like get the thoughts out and you know so that's that's kind of what it is to me but what's your favorite lyric riff or drum cadence that you've ever created i honestly it's it's a little bit it's probably a lyric but it's a little bit of a depressing lyric i'll just warn you but it, it it summed up how i felt in at the time um it's in our song um something to call my own which the song in general is just it literally is what the title is it's just trying to trying to figure out what what mark you want to leave on the world and what you like the thing you have that you can call your own and it's a, it's a lyric in the bridge that's um it just goes um i'll blame it on the skies not being clear i'll feel better this time next year if i can't just be content what's the point of any of this like basically just saying like you can you can push out your happiness as far as you as you think you can. Like, if if you're in a bad spot, you're like, oh, it's just because the weather's bad. It's just because you know this time next year will be better. Like, come summer or fall or whatever. But you have to kind of just put yourself in the right mindset at the time. That's what that's about. But. Relatable and yeah. kind of yeah. impactful. So. 
Yeah. I like that. I like when music makes you think. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So can you describe for me a little bit more about your writing process and how it kind of comes <laughs> from starting on the guitar and becoming this like really well produced song? Hmm. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I still, I still kind of write most of my songs um, on an acoustic guitar first. I don't do a lot of like just trying to come up with riffs on an electric guitar. Sometimes I do, but I, I always find like the most impactful, especially lyrically and like the whole vibe and emotion of a song comes across much more when like when the song and lyrics are just as good with one acoustic guitar and the vocals. Um, so yeah, I, I start that way. I'll write as much of what I think makes the song good at once. And then I have a friend who was actually over there yesterday working on a demo. Uh, he lives pretty close to me, but he has a, a studio where we do uh, pre-production stuff, um, just working on ideas. And uh, I'll go over there and then try to morph this acoustic guitar amorphous blob of, of whatever it is into like a, a full band song with you know more like lead guitar and bass and all that stuff and then try to add as many layers as we can um and then cause that's kind of like the second part and then you know once we work that out it's basically a complete song at that point then we go up to where we've always recorded so far is a studio called uh, Always Be Genius. It's up near Chicago. They're a great studio, and that's like where we record our full band, full polished songs that you know everyone actually hears. So it's, it's kind of three steps, I guess. It's, yeah, like me just on acoustic guitar, then doing pre-pro, demoing it out, then going to record the, the full version. Nice. Can you describe your sound for me in three words? Hmm. Um, well, these, I guess this is how I like to think about it. People can, can tell me if they disagree, but, uh, wistful, I would think of that word, uh, wistful, um, nostalgic, which is kind of almost the same word in a way. Uh, um, and, and then energetic, I guess. Speaking more from just the song as a whole, the first two are kind of more just about the lyrical content, but, but yeah, I think that's it. What message do you hope people get from your music? I think when I think about our songs, I mean, some of them touch on like, a lot of them actually touch on like, you know, relationships or relationships going wrong. And a lot of them touch about touch on just life in general or, or feeling kind of like you're not where you want to be yet in life or that sort of thing. So it across both of those different kind of things i i hope that it just shows in its most simple form i i think just realizing that you aren't the only one feeling that way just by virtue of you listening to that song listening to one of our songs hearing what i'm saying knowing that at least i have felt that way that that's the simplest message like that it's that's, that people out there feel the same way and you just got to keep going. Like it's, it's through all the hard times, but it's cliche as that kind of sounds like it's that that's what I hope people take out of it. And when, when we get messages like that, like on Instagram, a lot of the time, Facebook or whatever, like that's, that's probably the coolest part about being in a band is just hearing 
the, the people that, that feel that way. So that's, that's what I hope people take away from it. Right, because it's kind of like you guys could have written a song like three years ago, but it could be speaking to someone now in this very moment, <laughs> relating to what yeah, they're going exactly, through. Exactly, yeah. I was just talking like uh, to my girlfriend yesterday about it. Like, <laughs> Once you go through that cycle of like you write a song, you record it, then a few months pass, and then you put it out, and then you know it kind of gains momentum over a couple of years or whatever. And then you get that message when you, it almost, in a, in a weird way, it doesn't discourage me, but it's like when I'm writing something new, I'm like, oh, okay, this thing that I'm writing right now is literally, it's going to take months for it to get reported, another year probably before it comes out. And then someone, you know, you, you want people to hear what you're making immediately because you want, part of you wants that, like, that validation, I guess, but other, like, you want people to, to be helped by it as well, but you start to realize that the cycle takes so long for them to actually hear that, that it's like, oh, it kind of discourages you a little bit. You're like, this is going to take so long. But that, that's just like a little gripe that I have. Like, it just kind of sucks that it takes so long, I guess. But I can definitely I tell you're, su- you're super excited about when you release a song. And I think that's great. I know yeah. like, when I hear, like, when I heard you hear music, um, I probably told everyone I know, <laughs> uh, but I think it's mostly because, yeah. like, I I just get excited to hear what you guys are putting out and how it's always relatable, or even just, like, I don't know. I like music that speaks to me, in a sense, and makes, as I yeah. said earlier, like, makes me think, and if more people know, yeah, that, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense, and it's, what you were saying about, like, spreading the word, like, about your favorite bands like you I, I try to tell people this a lot too like you you can put as a band or a label or whatever you can put so much money into marketing marketing you know putting out good music or you know making sure all your promo picks look great and like but if you don't have that like organic excitement and people spreading the word like like you just said you do about your favorite bands like you the momentum's not going to last and people are going to see that it's it's more of like a marketing push than anything real. So that's and that, that organic kind of reach has to start with like putting everything you have into your music first. And I think people hear that. So I, I, what basically what I'm saying is like you, you're, you have the right approach. Like you're, you're spreading the word about bands that you love, you know, to your friends. Like I, I, I think that's what everyone should do. So my next question for you is, um, do you have any pre-show rituals or superstitions that you do before you perform? Um, not superstitions, really. I guess my ritual is, um, I, I like I like to stretch a lot. Like, I know that's such a boring answer, but, like, I, I, I literally will just stretch for, like, 15 minutes sometimes. Like, just to kind of get more limber or whatever like it's not like we're doing crazy stuff on stage or anything but it, i that's just kind of my own personal thing um i don't really know about the other guys i don't think they have anything like that i at least that i noticed that they do too much before shows but um also and i'm trying to get out of doing this as much but like um because basically when we're on tour the only time that i kind of i'll, I'll drink before shows or you know kind of during or after or whatever when I'm home, I don't really at all, but I guess, and that's not really super interesting either, but I mean, sometimes you, like, especially when you're playing shows, like, you just want to loosen up a little bit before you play, so obviously, 
probably like I, I normally drink uh, vodka Red Bulls, but that's that's my own free show ritual, I guess. But. English. If you didn't become a musician, what would you be doing? Ooh, um, that's a really good question, and <laughs> I think <laughs> that that's what's kind of scary is like. I don't think everyone has to be like this, but I I, I think it, in some situations it can be helpful to, to not necessarily know what you want to do other than that because it kind of like doesn't give you any it doesn't give you another option like you I, there's some certain things I've thought about like but nothing that my heart was really in so it's I think part of the reason why I had stuck with this for so long and like really kind of not really ventured out of it it's because of that like I I don't necessarily have a backup plan so it's like it I think it's a positive and a negative but it can help you kind of put everything you have into one thing and you know it has to work so that's where I'm at right now but I can definitely tell you're super passionate about it which is great yeah part of the reason i reach out to the bands that i do is because i kind of this is going to sound super corny (laughs) um i think this is the music of the generation and um the things that are expressed are going to be the things that kind of take the world by storm and change how people think about things so that's why i do what i I do no i i agree i think i i think this current crop of bands and this you know in this genre and everything like I, I feel good about where music is going and like the message of most bands I think it's it's a really solid time to well speaking from my perspective of being in a band I feel like I, I think a lot of bands kind of come around at like a, a or like they're the greatest band ever but like you know they're maybe coming about in the wrong time frame or like just it didn't hit like it should have and I, I feel good about where we are and where the music is in general so it's i I totally agree i think i think everything's in a good spot right now my next question for you is what is your favorite song to play live it's honestly it's an old old one well not super old we're not even that old of a band we've only been like four years but uh it's off our first ep uh called better days the song's called better days too it's when we were making it, it didn't necessarily feel like it would be super fun to play live because it's more of a mid-tempo, or at least mid-tempo for pop punk. It's still a pretty fast song, but it's um, it's it doesn't have like the double turn super fast like pop punk beat in it or anything like that, which we were all about putting in all of our songs back then, even more so than now. But um, it's yeah, it's a little bit like groovier. It has this like almost offbeat kind of funky parts in it and it's I didn't realize how fun it would be to play live like but I think that's probably the my favorite and it kind of sucks because we we probably won't be playing it live for that much longer because we are writing new stuff and um you know whatever we release next it's probably going to get kicked off the set list I would think but you know it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> why did you decide to release end of an era as an acoustic song um, well, two reasons. One, be- one because if, well, if we were going to do an acoustic version of any song off that EP, uh, it had to be that one probably just from like a business perspective, like, because 
the end of an era full band song kind of blew blew up the most off that EP, and I think that's probably what most people still know us for. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just love that song. Like I love, that. like I said before, I I write most of my stuff on an acoustic guitar, so it's like I knew it would sound good like that even before we did the full band song. So it was kind of a no brainer like that in that regard too. So. I thought it was super interesting how you guys release acoustic uh, versions of your songs. I thought that was something kind of unique, um, at least from my perspective. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's pretty interesting, and it kind of gives a different side to the song. Like, you're placing a focus on something you might not have specifically listened to the first time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're coming from, too. There are some, some bands that do acoustic EPs or, you know, acoustic versions. It's not necessarily our original idea by any means i think uh most people would know that but uh i yeah i I think it turned out really well like i especially with it you're right it gives more of a focus on on the lyrics really in my opinion at least like it it kind of it brings the energy level down but in in a way that where you can focus more on yeah like the message of the song instead of necessarily the, the instrumentals of it but so my last question for you is, what are your goals for the new decade of 2020? <clears throat> goals? Um, well, our most immediate goal for the band, at least, is um, to get another release out. We're still not sure if it's going to be another EP or if we're just going to try to do a full length. Um, but probably by summertime, we want to try to have that out. Um, so, yeah, it's it's mainly, I mean, we're still writing and stuff, but it's mainly trying to figure out, um, like label situation and all that kind of stuff and just kind of nailing down what, what, where we want to take it. But yeah, I mean, in general and just for the band, I, I mean, I want to grow Summer Wars, you know, every, every, I think, I don't think anyone starts a band and they're like, they're not like, Oh, it'd be awesome with this band. If we were like the biggest band in the world, like, and obviously you, you have your expectations in check, but like you, you want that for yourself. So it's obviously we want, we want this band to be as big as we can. And we want to, you know, just keep growing it and having, as long as it's still fun. So I'm super excited for what the next, well, I guess decade <laughs> has in start for you guys. Yeah. And I greatly appreciate you speaking with me. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you got up with us. I'm glad I came on the show. Well, I hope you have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you again. Bye. All right, see ya.